Welcome to Armenian Women Empowerment. This is a podcast that will help you identify the negative and sexist rhetoric thrown your way and how to stand up for yourself in its wake. You will hear Jackie's personal story of how she survived an emotionally, familially, and financially abusive marriage and how to identify and prevent toxic family and professional relationships for yourself. It's not amut to be an Armenian woman in the diaspora. It's empowering. Let's switch this conversation up about us and take actionable steps towards uplifting, encouraging, and empowering ourselves each day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Armenian Women Empowerment. It's your host, Jackie, and I am so excited you're here listening today. I think this is a really important podcast given everything that's going on with Armenia today and the diaspora. Um, We are just desperate and sometimes grasping at straws and even tongue-in-cheek humor is being taken seriously and, um, you know, things tie together and I've noticed a lot of connection these days I wanted to share it with you. But first, I'd like to advertise an organization that empowers women and I'm really excited about this. I have already posted four By Armenians is the season free pot, free advertising and uh, free advertising through my content. And what I'm announcing today is that I'm going to be doing this each and every episode that I have. I'll be free advertising somebody's business or organization that empowers women and empowers the empowered Armenian man smart enough to listen. So today we're empowering, we're, we're (laughs) I'm advertising Armenian International Women's Association. AWA is a wonderful, wonderful program that was started by Armenian women to empower Armenian women specifically in the diaspora. And so here's how it works. You go there and you apply for one of their scholarships. They've got scholarships for getting your your bachelor's, for getting, I don't know, you know, uh, nursing, uh, masters, PhD, whatever it is. I'm sure they're also gifting to certificated teachers and, uh, who want to complete their masters of ed. They have all kinds of scholarships offered and anywhere between a thousand and I think upwards of 25,000. So definitely check them out. Empowering Armenian women who want to further their education is absolutely wonderful. I know that I received a scholarship back in the day for a thousand dollars. It, you know, it, it really is something. It's it's a good chunk. I was talking with Silva the other day and she said, well, maybe some people think a thousand isn't, isn't a lot. It was a lot to me as a student and a thousand dollars is still somebody's rent somewhere outside of California, New York, uh, but <laughs> it's still helpful in any way possible. And that's a good thing to empower Armenian women by, um, you know, providing a scholarship. So definitely check them out. Armenian International Women's Association, uh, based in Boston, Massachusetts, one of the first Armenian 
populations outside of genocide, post-genocide of 1915. So today I wanted to talk about the pressure. The pressure is on for Armenians to repopulate Armenia, right? Because, well, we've got one to 2,000 less soldiers and that's not good, right? That's not good. So we've kind of had this tongue-in-cheek meme going on. Um, I've seen it a lot on Lavash Life and I love them. They make me laugh. A ton of comedians talking about how now we need to repopulate Armenia. You know, how many kids are you going to have? 15? Good. Okay. We're all set. And um, people talking about it everywhere. And I, it is tongue-in-cheek though, because come on. You, right now during a pandemic, populate, repopulating Armenia is not the first thing on our mind. We've got kids that are there right now that need your help. <laughs> so I'm taking it to be tongue in cheek, but I also notice that um, we have a tendency in our community to push baby making as though that's something that we want our women to get involved in. And I say women because let's face it, the men aren't going to be the main caretakers for the most part. It is women. It always falls on the woman, no matter if you are a doctor of science and you know medicine or whether you are a pharmacy tech at the pharmacy. I used to be a pharmacy tech back in the day when you didn't need the technician license and we could count out pills. That was always fun. Anyway, uh, <laughs> That's a little bit about me and my <clears throat> experience in the drugstore. It was very much like uh, the movie with Matt Dillon, Cowboy Junkie, I think it was called. Anyway, um, I digress. And I was also listening to Natalie Goldberg's The Writing Life recently, and she also mentions this. Now, Natalie Goldberg, if you don't know who she is, she's a Jewish-American or American Jewish writer. She has written a lot and she has no children of her own. She lives by herself, I think. I don't know if she's been married, uh, but she writes a lot about the human condition in her writing and how we don't allow people to do their due diligence in their humanity and women in particular being pushed to have children rather than pushed to have um, careers, dreams, and goals fulfilled, um, or, <clears throat> or even the support to do both. Um, and in my walking universities, I've also read, uh, whether you like it or not, um, uh, Car uh, San Sandberg's you know, the, the Facebook um, mogul Sandberg's books about, uh, Cheryl Sandberg, that's her name, you know, she also writes about the condition of women in, in the workplace, like as though pushing out babies isn't something wonderful and revered and how we have like, as, as, as an American country, we do not value it. We don't value it in the sense that, you know, we pretty much drop them. They're, you know, women are happy to have their jobs back when they go back, if and when they go back, 
And then a lot of times they're just dropped. They don't get their job back. You know, it's like a, a per company thing. Well, my company says this or my company. It happened to me when I decided to uh, take my maternity leave and then extend it into part-time work. I was wanting part-time work and I was not granted that because, um, you know, my workplace, my, my school district said that they they didn't have part-time. Well, that's just a bunch of BS. It really is. And we're not supporting families who want to do both, who want to contribute to their own family at such a young age with kids that young that it really does seem like you need a lot more, um, you know, to be doing in the child care arena. And we just don't value it. Armenians value it even less. Uh, you know, we have a tendency to just push our, you know, we, first of all, you know, let me get back to Natalie Goldberg and her reasoning for why we should not push women into this childbearing arena, at least so soon, is because our women are so important in the fabric of society. We have so much to share and so much to contribute. And whether it's your writing or your, you know, or your painting or your business creation that also supports other businesses. And right now, as you know, we're trying to support Armenian businesses as much as possible. But what are we doing by telling our Armenian women that they need to have babies and a lot of them what are we actually doing to them how is that helpful you know pushing this it's like a pressure cooker you constantly have that pressure of having children and you might not even be that Armenian woman that wants children and there's nothing wrong with that but somehow our culture makes it seem weird. Like it's weird if you don't want to have kids. And it's weird if you don't want to have more than one, too. That's also considered strange. I got that a lot um, after my son was born. It was all about, well, when are you going to have another? And I'm like, you know, I just had this one. <laughs> Can we just focus on one for now? Can we be grateful? I pushed out one Armenian boy into the world. And what a wonderful boy he, he was. And as a baby, you know, he was. Right now, he's not a baby anymore, but he he was a wonderful baby. And I remember, like, thinking how unique he was, really. And, you know, I'd take him out. I'd take him out to, uh, you know, um, preschool-type programs, infant programs, a parent dad. I was even a board member on parent ed. And what would happen was always interesting to me. The conversations I would get involved with the Armenian community were totally different from the ones in the American community. Like, you know, the Americans would notice things about my son that were really unique and wonderful. Like, oh, look, he puts his hands out to the side like an Armenian dancer. He looks like a little Armenian dancer. Oh, let me take a picture of that. That's so sweet. And then I'd be talking to an Armenian mom, new mommy there, and she would say, oh, wow, that's great. You have a son. When are you going to have the, the another one? Let's have a girl. You know, you should have a girl now to make it even. And I'm like, okay, as if I can choose that, right? Well, I guess we're, we're, we're moving into those days. But 
but um, in 2008, 2009, that wasn't an option. I'm like, I, I yeah, maybe, I don't know. Let me just enjoy this one for now. <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I would, you know, ask them about their career, what they plan on doing, and, you know, what their <clears throat> children's lives are, like work balance, work family balance, work. Those were questions that I wished I had, you know, I, I, I always felt like, like, my goodness, we're these women, we're these women that pushed out these babies into the world. It's so wonderful, right? But let's talk about, let's talk about what we have in the world and not, you know, what we're going to continue to bring. It always made me feel like I wasn't doing enough, like I wasn't having kids fast enough or, you know, even before my son was born, um, I took a couple of years to decide on having a family and I remember my mother-in-law like she poured dirt down my shirt I guess that's some kind of thing that they do in Barskastan families I guess I really never understood that but I had been blessed with <laughs> the dirt put down the front of my shirt it was the most bizarre thing that's ever happened to me but she said, now you'll have a child. Now Bibi Kapitis. And I'm like, okay, well, I did happen to get pregnant a little bit after that, but I don't consider it pixie dust. It was a decision that I made that, you know, my husband and I had made together, right? You know, okay, we're ready to start a family. Let's, you know, it's just weird to have that pressure. And, you know, even my own mom pressured me in some ways saying, you know, come on, it's too late, you already got married late, like as though that's a thing too, getting married late. If you get married past the age of 35, you're definitely like considered an old bird, um, not just in the Armenian community, but also in the Jewish American community. Speaking of Natalie Goldberg, she mentions this too, and I happen to experience it too. I remember um, I, remember I worked, I, I did a part-time gig at a school in North Hollywood. It was a Hebrew school. And I remember the headmaster there. I don't know what they call them, principals. She's, she was the principal to me. But um, she, you know, was talking to me about, you know, possibly coming back. And I told her probably part-time, I have a young boy at home. She goes, oh, you're an old bird. I'm like, really? Am I an old bird? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I looked that the part or because I told her I had so much teaching experience. But it was really bizarre to to hear that. But again, a very ethnic, a very um, culturally specific thing to say. I'm sure she didn't mean any harm by it. And I'm sure Armenians, look, we, we don't mean harm to each other to say, you know, uh, you know, when are you going to have kids? But it does, it puts a pressure, it puts an undue pressure on a mom who might not want to have more than one, who might not want to have kids at all. Like why pressure each other? What, what purpose does it serve to pressure each other rather than engage each other in important, meaningful conversations about what kind of child you have? What is your work-life balance going to look like? How are you going to continue contributing to your own soul and your own dreams and your own aspirations? What are you going to do to make that special and wonderful for yourself and also, you know, having a family? 
And it got me thinking that, you know, Goldberg's onto something because, you know, we spent a whole lifetime making women out to be just child bearers and carers of the household. We've done that all over the world for centuries and centuries. You know, not just Armenians, but for my purposes to empower an Armenian woman, I'm here to tell you that if you do not want to have children, you do not have to, nor should you. And I know that, I know that, you know, typically, you know, I see it all the time. We feel like we're so stifled in the house. Our parents were so strict. And the only way to get out is to get married and have kids. And then, you know, and then you think about, well, who's going to take care of them? Because you really didn't want to get married. You just wanted to get out of the house. And the only way to do that was to get married because, you know, that's an Armenian thing, right, too, right? Well, Armenian women can't live on their own if they're not married. And that's got to go as well. That pressure has to go too because it doesn't make for stable families and it doesn't make for contributory members of Armenian society that we need so much. We need to focus on those of us who are alive in order for us to be fruitful and multiply. You've got to, you've got to empower the Armenian woman to want to do everything she can do for herself and her community. It's, it, it's disempowering to pressure her into doing anything except for getting an education. I don't think that that's, there, there's not enough pressure there to get an education and to make yourself, and look, you know, I'm not saying you have to get, not, not everybody has to go to school, okay? But a lot of us should. If we, if, we, if we don't go to school, then we should seek out ways to educate ourselves. I don't think, you know, school is the only institution that does that, you know. Um, by all means, I think that there are multiple ways to become educated and be smart. Listening to this podcast is one of them. And I'm sure you have a multitude of others that you listen to, too. But I also think that we need to nurture our Armenian women souls. We need to listen to the Natalie Goldbergs of the world, noting that the pressure that's put on us to bear children is not bearing fruit for ourselves, for our own soul. You know, and and you know what what kind of contribution is that to just constantly like push your kid onto you know, if you're, you, you know, when we, when we marry so young and just to get out of the house, we're not ready to be parents anyway. And a lot of times you end up buying so much, you end up having all these people in your house because now you need a caregiver for the infant. You got to go back to work. You know, it's expensive to live in America and you're busy and it's just, I, I agree with Natalie Goldberg. It's a way to keep us busy. And, and when you're busy, when you're so busy and you have so much to do and, you know, oh, I can't do that. I'm so busy taking care of X, Y, and Z. You feel like you can't do your creative art. You feel like you can't produce any more of your own desire, your own soul-bearing work, you know? And right now is a very interesting time for Armenian women, because look, we've been called to humanitarian duty. 
And aren't you glad that you didn't have 15 other kids in your life right now so that you can help <laughs> and contribute and, you know, take care of the kids that are now displaced because that's really, really important right now as I speak this into this microphone? Yeah, we need to take care of the ones that are there now. Not think about having 15 kids. Not think about, you know, where we're going to, how, how we're going to do that, how we're going to afford that. It's the middle of a pandemic. Slow down. Stop pressuring each other. Okay, yeah, they say, you know, there's never been a better time to have a kid than now. And, you know, there's no such thing as there, you know, th there's a special time. I get that. No better time like the present, but we pressure Armenian women too much to do this. It's not just Armenian women, it's everywhere. And um, most recently in the news too, perhaps you heard about uh, Justin Bieber's interview with Ellen DeGeneres. Oh my God, did you watch that? I saw a little bit of it, a snippet on YouTube, and it was interesting how that came up in my feed too, right when I was listening to Natalie Goldberg's book and thinking about doing this podcast and, you know, reading all the funny posts online about how Armenians have to now like repopulate. We got to repop. It was funny because I'm listening, I'm listening to Ellen and she's really pushing this question on Justin and he's growing more and more uncomfortable and he keeps saying so when are you going to have kids when do you plan on having kids what I don't know what his wife's name is but you know how old is she is she you know she thinking about having kids right now and he was just like lady just you're making me feel uncomfortable but he finally said he finally after avoiding it and kind of being in this uncomfortable space and now I think it was a purposeful question by Ellen, but um, he finally said, he goes, you know, my wife is 24 and what she wants to do with her body is what she wants to do with her body. I'm not pushing for anything. I'd love to have kids someday, but she needs to do what she needs to do for herself. And if she wants to do that, have kids, as well in addition then so be it and you know Ellen just lit up man she was really happy with that answer as was I and she's like I am so glad you said that there should be no pressure on a 24 year old or a 34 year old woman who feels like they're not ready to have children and do that to their body because, you know, by the way, having children is a doing that to your body. You know, if you don't think so, because you haven't had your own children and you just see that every, how easy it is and everyone's pressuring you, so obviously it's easy. No one ever died of childbirth, right? Well, that's not actually true. <laughs> but, you know, most of us don't in the modern world. But it does do things to your body. And you do have to be ready for that space. And... You know, this pandemic has also taught me that Armenians were, there were a lot of Armenians that really were pressured to have children. 
pressure to have children, pressured not to have children, even if they wanted to. At the, at the end of the day, you need to just make that decision for yourself. But I saw during the pandemic a stream of parents responding to these posts about how remote learning would be the safest and instead of thinking that it was safety first and science first, they were pushing the school districts to open. And I honestly believe it's because they did not want to be parents to begin with. And now remote learning, everybody at home, small children need a lot of support. They didn't want to have these kids. These are angry women, angry Armenian women yelling on these platforms, open up the schools, open up the schools, there's nothing, it's a hoax, it's Democrat, you know, it, I really, I saw that, I saw a lot of that. It was really embarrassing, but I really think it's because they probably were pressured into having kids. Armenians do this to each other. We tell each other what to do. Mother-in-law says, time to have kids. Father-in-law pressures, pressures them to go back to work, right? Because now you need to pay for the kids. Mother-in-law steps in, or grandma, somebody's mom, your mom, someone steps in to take care of the infant, to take care of the zero through five ages that are so crucial, right, before they go to school. And, and you're just busy working, you're busy working and buying things because now you have to pay, you might even have to pay mother-in-law to take care of the kids. It's a lot of work and, um, and you don't have to do, you know, you're paying people to take care of your kids, you're paying people to take care of your house while you're gone at work and it's the only me time you have at work. But are you doing what you want to do? Maybe not. Maybe you're just busy. Maybe like Natalie Goldberg says, you're just busy running around taking care of family stuff because you have these children that take a lot of time, effort, and energy. You can't just pour water over them and, and stir and expect that they come out wonderful. You know, there are, there are you know, so many things, multifaceted day is involved with children. A multi-fat, you know, nothing, there's, there's all kinds of zigzags going on. And that's not easy. And so here you are, busy bee, not doing what you wanna do. Not painting, not writing, not making art, not traveling to Armenia to make your, well, maybe now people aren't traveling for a multitude of reasons, right? Because of COVID-19 and because we're all on unemployment, there could be that too, but you know what I'm saying? Like there are so many things we could be doing right now if we had that time, energy, and space. And uh, yes, we're capable of doing so, so much. Believe me, I, I multitask. I've got a, a lot of hats that I wear but it's not easy with little kids around. And you know, and what about this pressure on people who just have one child? That's gotta go too. 
I remember that. I remember when I had when 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 my son was really small. It was like, when are you going to have the next one? You've got to have. You know what? That pressure is even worse because now your whole focus is on. Um, okay, we got to chop chop. We got to work on the second one. Everybody's like waiting for. What are you having kids for other people? Like you know, like yeah, okay, I get it. You want to repopulate Armenia, but you're gonna you're doing fine. Don't worry. You need to worry about those of us who are still here on the planet too. Nurturing them and helping the children of Armenia right now is going to help preserve and help elongate our existence on the planet. That's also taking care of an existential situation. Bringing kids immediately now, having 15 kids, that's not where we are needed most. Don't worry, we'll get there in due time. We will have time to repopulate. Right now we need to think about how we can help ourselves and sometimes helping outside of ourselves is helping ourselves. That is a human revolution in and of itself when you can extend and be expansive like that. I think it's wonderful. I'm not stopping you from doing the good humanitarian work you are doing and holding down the fort at home. But I'm talking about the Armenian woman and how your goals and your dreams and your art and your craft, your, your photos you take, your paintings you draw. I just bought a beautiful painting from an Armenian woman. In Armenia, I advertised her, her art, um, um, Anuk, uh, my goodness, I, Anna Sohomonyan. I have her painting. I'm actually going to post it on my Instagram. I'm really proud of this painting. I chose the right, I, I, it was the first one that caught my eye when I was on her Etsy. And I'm like, you know what? That's mine. The Japanese woman is mine. <laughs> it's beautiful. Tiffany blues and yellows that I love remind me of UCLA colors my alma mater and it just it, it makes it puts me in a happy place as do things for you too you know when you decorate and you bring things into your home it puts you in a happy space and I feel so Armenian with this painting in my home now I feel like I've really done something phenomenal to support our countrymen and and that too is is um how do i say it you know soul nourishing it's not just you creating but it's you making your own spaces to help you enjoy life you know looking at that painting as i pass by it all the time i think i'm enjoying life better how much better is that painting? It's making me feel great. My son loves it too. He thinks it's interesting that an Armenian a painter drew a Japanese lady. And I said, well, what'd you think? You think we're just stuck in this shell of Armenian everything? We have, we have eyes. We have a world around us. We have experiences. <laughs> you know, we're not just drawing pictures of Vartan Mamigonyan and... Uh, the, the ukulele he holds, I was, you know, 
or Syat Nova. I'm sorry, that's Syat Nova, isn't it? I, that's, I, yeah, okay, sorry about that. Anyway, um, sorry, not sorry. I don't need to, I need, I don't need to be sorry about what I know. And, you know, we're all, we're all very rich in our culture and we have the internet to help us and we can search things up and, and, uh, remind ourselves where we're at too. But, um, yeah, I just, I just thought that that was kind of interesting that those two examples popped up at a time when we're all thinking that we need to have 15 children and repopulate Armenia right away. No, we don't. Hold on, relax, chill out, okay? Continue to do your art, continue to fulfill your soul, which also fulfills our, our souls as Armenians. We need to connect right now more than ever. And whether that's sharing a video you took of Artsakh, you know, what remains of Artsakh, or whether that's um, providing us some comedy, a little comedy, it, it, it doesn't hurt. It helps. It's our, it's, it's fulfilling our inner artist. And that's so important as Armenian women. We need to do that. And, and we do not need to pressure each other on, you know, when are you going to have kids? What's wrong with you? You know, you only have one. They'll be so lonely. What are you talking about? My son is not lonely. My son's never lonely. There's a big difference of being alone and lonely. There's a big difference. Alone is temporary and you might be alone in your endeavor or your art or your career, but you're never lonely. Lonely is desolate. It's such a negative word. Aransin. Aransin tochimana. What does that mean? Like, is he going to be stuck in the middle of a field somewhere? Aransin tochimana. My ex was Aransin, actually. Yeah, there is something called Aransin. You're right, actually. He was Aransin in those boarding schools. Poor boy. Him and his brother. They were Aransin without family. But how dare you come up to me and tell me in my modern world of America, in a two-parent home at the time, a two-parent home family and lots of family around in the immediate neighborhood, and tell me my son is lonely, he's going to be Aransin? No, he's not. That pressure is undue and unnecessary. Let's talk about other things. Let's talk about how I'm going to do work-life balance. Let's talk about what my projects are for baby uh, education or, you know, what about my son? Like, what are his interests? There's so many other things to talk about. And if you don't have children and you're, and you're just simply married to each other, beautiful. Then I want to know about what you both do to fulfill yourselves as a couple. Do you enjoy traveling? Do you enjoy, you know, humanitarian work? I mean, even pre-COVID and pre-Armenian 
uh, war horrifically waged against us. We had lives, right? We were doing humanitarian work before. There, you know, ArmeniaFund.org has been out there a while. It's not like the first time. So people have had lives. But somehow we make it seem as though the woman's life is somehow not important anymore when she gets married. Somehow it's about when are you going to have kids? When are you going to get married? You know, you're 35, it's too late. Screw that. There's no too late. There's no, you know, rule that says you have to have children to be fulfilled. There is no rule that says you can't have 15 children and be fulfilled. You absolutely can. <laughs> you still can be the rock star mom with a lot of kids and still do a lot for yourself, but it's not a pressure that should be placed on you. That I'm totally against. So bravo to the men in the world, the, the Armenian men in the world that think like Justin Bieber. Like, you know what? I'm letting my wife decide. This is her decision. It's her body. And I'm letting my partner decide how she wants to do that to her body and how she wants to handle her desires and her goals and her dreams because when those soul filling those soul nourishing things are done when you get to um you know when you get to choose your own destiny and work for your own dream it's like the best thing in the world. It feels so, so good. I can compare it to when I started this podcast. I knew I had to share my story and I knew I wanted to share it in a podcast because I didn't see any soul nourishing Armenian women empowering uh, you know, we didn't have any of those. Not even, there aren't even a lot of empowering women American. But honestly, we need to have some more of these. <laughs> I didn't see a lot three years ago when I kicked my ex out with a shirt on my back. I, I didn't see a lot of that. And now there are so many more. There are money empowering podcasts for women. There are, um, you know, mental health empowerment podcast there are, you know all kinds of success building podcasts millionaire women podcasts out there and it's wonderful but I wanted to make sure that we had one for Armenian women and that fed my soul that's just a piece of it there are many facets to me as there are many facets to you and each of those facets needs to be nourished and fulfilled and it's okay the kids get older eventually the kids get older and more independent and it is I'll say helpful in some regard but again 
Your situation is your situation. Your family life is your own business. No one's going to help you but you. No one's going to be there to raise your children but you. So you need to make sure that you're doing exactly what you want to do. You cannot succumb to the pressure because Natalie Goldbergs of the world are right. There is an undue pressure upon women to produce humans, especially in the ethnic crowd. And for whatever reason, it's there and it's not necessary. It is hurting our souls. It's making us feel less especially if you can't have children. Imagine that kind of pressure. I feel so lucky that I was able to have my son naturally. I can't even tell you because I had a lot of friends that were way younger than me that had to have in vitro fertilization. You know how expensive that is? So now you're, now you're going to work. Now you're a newly married couple. Just imagine, or maybe you already just have one child and you want to have another one but you're running around like a chicken with its head cut off to pay for these very expensive in vitro fertilizations. It is not cheap. And most insurances do not cover this cost because it's cosmetic. Because we can adopt Armenian children from Armenia if we really want to. I don't know if that's still if that's still happening as much as it was um, back when we had the earthquake. But I guess what I'm saying is there's always that. That's, that's, not, that's not cheap either. I don't even know why I brought that up. It's not even cheap to do that. And it's very taxing on a family. Look, my point is today that we need to stop pressuring each other. Amoche to not have children. Okay, it is not amot to have to to um, to be a woman, an Armenian woman without children. Amotche. There's nothing wrong with that. There are other ways you can help your community thrive. There are so many ways, especially now. Those children that are alive right now in displaced families. In families that lost their income because a soldier died, you know what? They need us now. They don't need us to go out and have children. And your mother-in-law does not need to pressure you into having children right now. Absolutely not. Okay? So relax. Life's good. It's all going to work out. If it was meant to be for you to have children at age 24 or at age 44, then that is perfectly fine. You do you. It's important for Armenians to, grow, thri to thrive and grow their own self-fulfilling, you know, um, bodies you need to you need to thrive and grow your own body and fulfill yourself you need to give yourself the joy of whatever it is 
getting an education, getting your business off the ground. You need to do painting, writing, drawing, videoing, photography, baking. I had some delicious cookies. Um, by the way, I told you unique, unique uh, sweets, delicious cookies. Who's making those cookies? We need you. <laughs> we need you to continue making those cookies. They're delicious. So stop pressuring each other to have babies. Chill out, relax. We have a country to, to you know, empower and build up right now. <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. I wish all of you a very empowered rest of the week. Is it the weekend yet? Oh my God, it can't come sooner. And happy December. Let's hope that 2020 doesn't fall on its ear again in the few weeks that we have left of this month. Let's hope that we can still find joy and pleasure in a calm way, okay? And please, 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 if you're here in Los Angeles, wear your mask. We're, we're headed towards another shutdown and we need to keep the masks on. I wear mine every time I set foot out of my home, except for when I'm in my own backyard, but I do wear my mask all the time, as you should too. Stay safe, stay healthy, and have a very empowered day.